Welcome to Moments in Truth. I am your host, G.T. Stikes. The purpose of Moments in Truth is to give you a few minutes of encouragement by providing simple truths from God's Word, identified and explained from a biblical worldview. Now today, we are beginning a new series, 12 Lessons in Learning How to Love One Another. Now in my study of the Bible, I have found about 40 different verses on how we need to love and treat one another. Now there may be more, and I challenge you to find ones that I have not yet discovered. Now, what is interesting is that the bulk of these verses are all in regards to how gospel believers should treat other gospel believers, not how gospel believers should treat the unsaved or how the unsaved should treat others who are unsaved. Now, let me take a moment and define this phrase, gospel believer. I tend to use the term gospel believer whenever I am referencing a genuine Christian. And the reason that I do that is because the term Christian has become fairly wide in its usage today. I meet people all the time that identify themselves as a Christian, but they really don't seem to know what that means. Now, we get the term Christian today from the early church in the New Testament. The term Christian first appears in the book of Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. Now, Christians at this time were identified as someone much like Christ because of their behavior and because of their attitude, because of their activity, and even their speech was all like Christ. Now, a Christian is someone who is supposed to be one that works every day to be more like Christ in every aspect of their lives. Now, that means that technically, a Christian is someone who believes that the Bible is absolutely true, who believes that God is exactly as he says he is in the Bible, that believes that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and that he rose from the grave three days later, as the Bible says, and that he is in heaven with God, preparing a place for us. Now, a Christian also believes that Jesus will one day return for his people, those that make up the church, those who are genuine Christians. Now, for me, I identify these kind of believers as gospel believers, those that believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and trust him as their Lord and Savior. Now, bear with me for a moment, because I'd like to explain something from a quote that is well-connected to this series. There was a pastor in the late 1800s to early 1900s named Andrew Murray. Now, you may have read or seen books by him. There are several from him on prayer. But Murray once said this about Christians. He said, There are two classes of Christians, soul winners and backsliders. Now, in my personal experience, I have found this to be true to an extent. And let me explain this. Some of those who come to Christ do so to get their free pass to heaven, or what some of us refer to as their fire insurance. You know, many of these people are not really interested in investing their time and effort into knowing Christ. Now, they may come to church and they may read their Bible, they may even memorize a few verses, but their desire to really know and experience Jesus is on a low priority list. Now, when Jesus is on our low priority list, following his commands are also on our low priority, including loving our neighbor like ourselves and even loving one another. Now, some of those who come to Christ are excited in the beginning, but over time they're drawn away to something else. 
and they move back from Christ and kind of sit in a comfortable spot in their Christian life, not really moving forward. Now, in both cases, these are the people that Murray would suggest as backsliders. Now, the second class, as Murray puts it, is soul winners. Soul winners are those Christians who not only believe that the Bible is authentically God's word, but they find it precious and helpful in their lives. They seek to know it by regularly reading and studying the words of God and applying it to their lives. They talk to people about the changes that Jesus has made in their lives, and they can tell you what the Bible says about how to get to heaven. Even if you strike up a conversation with them, they'll tell you the verses that they're meditating on right now and what God is doing in their lives. Jesus is a high priority on their list. Now, let me challenge you with this question. What class are you in? Now, the Bible's love one another verses are directed to those that make up the church, gospel believers. Now, notice I said those that make up the church and not those who go to church. And just because you go to church, it does not mean that you're a gospel believer. You must intentionally recognize Jesus as your Savior and ask for forgiveness of your sins in order to be a gospel believer. Now, the love one another verses are given to gospel believers to help them learn to love and care for each other, more to help prevent strife or division within the body. Now, there's another common term that I use when talking about the church, and you may have heard other people say this as well, but they'll say the body or the body of believers, sometimes even the church body when they're talking about the church as a whole. And if you want to know why that is, I invite you to read and study 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Now, for our first passage for this series, we're going to be considering together John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. If you have your Bible, go ahead and grab that. Look at it with me. Otherwise, just listen along. And this is another great verse to meditate on and to memorize. John chapter 13, starting in verse 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And Jesus is telling believers that we are to love each other in the same manner as he loves us. And if we do that, everyone around us, including those who are not gospel believers, will know that we are the disciples of Jesus Christ, but only if we have this kind of love for one another. Now, the big question that we need to answer here is, how does Jesus love us? Well, he loves us without discrimination. Now, there is no divide between someone who is clean or who is dirty. There is no divide between different ethnicities or different statuses in life. Jesus loves the wealthy just as much as he loves the poor. Jesus even loves his enemies. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. He also loves us sacrificially. Are there limits to his sacrifice? He died for us. I mean, he came to the earth and lived on the earth for 33 years and went through so many hardships for us. 
Now, would you be willing to sacrifice your life for another gospel believer? And I mean someone not in your household, not a blood relative, not even your best friend, okay? Not even your pastor. In more than death, Christ sacrificed his life on earth. Every day he sacrificed in order that we may have a record of not just what he said, but also what he did to honor God. He also loves to help and provide for us. If Jesus provided salvation for us and he continues to provide help when we need it and provide for us as we need. Psalms chapter 121 and verse 2 says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, he loves us enough to tell us the truth. Jesus informs us that his very nature is truth. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And to be like Christ, we need to be truth tellers. And then he loves us enough to forgive us to forgive us of our transgressions against him and not hold on to them to use against us in the future. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25 says, Speaking of the Lord, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Now, can we forgive and forget each other's transgressions? He loves us enough to even pray for us. Did you know that while on earth, Jesus prayed for both you and me? Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 20 and verse 21, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, this is a good starting point in considering how Jesus loves us. These six ways are how we are to love our fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, As many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Now, that means that those who receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, who are born again, become children of God. They become part of a family. They are adopted into God's family. And Jesus designed his church to be a family. And through the love one another passages, he teaches us how we are to love, help, and appreciate our family. Now, let me encourage you today to take some time to meditate on John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, and work on applying loving those in the family of God like Jesus loved. Now, it doesn't hurt to love everyone this way, okay? But we should be especially giving extra grace and love to those in our spiritual family. So let me pray for you today. Lord and Heavenly Father, I pray for the listeners. Lord, I pray for their love to grow for their brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray that they would love as Jesus loved, sacrificially, giving, honoring, helping, caring, and even serving their brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray that they have a great day in practicing loving others. 
I pray, Lord, that you would help to keep them safe, that their day would be profitable. I pray, Lord, that as they reach different obstacles in their day, Lord, that it wouldn't stop them, but that they would fall back and rely on you, fall back and rely on your word and on your truth to strengthen them to keep moving forward. I thank you for them, Lord. I pray you give them a good blessing today. In your name, I pray these things. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to Moments in Truth with G.T. Stikes. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's podcast. We would love for more people to hear the truth of God's word. You can help us reach more people by sharing, following, and subscribing to this podcast. Please be sure to check today's show notes for links to any additional resources, encouragements, and how you can help with this ministry. 